Welcome to the Street Sessions, the business podcast brought to you by Streets Chartered Accountants. I'm James Pinchbeck, the firm's marketing partner. I'm joined by Martin Shakespeare, Banking and Finance Director with BTG Advisory, a boutique practice providing commercial, strategic and partner-led advice instructed by companies, investors, lenders and other stakeholders. In this session, I'll be talking to Martin about the funding for SMEs, including those affected by the pandemic, along with those looking to grow. Our focus will be on the impact of the pandemic in terms of financing businesses, as we see an irreversible easing of lockdown and more and more businesses reopen and start to return to normal. In our discussion, we'll be looking at measures announced to support businesses, including the recovery loan scheme, as well as options to open to business looking for working capital to refinance, even funding for growth and innovation. Welcome, Martin. It's a pleasure to have you join us for this session. Perhaps we could start, Martin, by looking at how you see the pandemic has changed the need for funding within the SME sector. Well, I mean, I think to start with, I've never seen anything like it in my um, 39 years of working in the banking and finance If I reflect back to pretty much this time, 12 months ago, I have to say it felt like there was a state of paralysis kicked in. What I mean by that is businesses, not all of them to be fair, but businesses just, just looking out of the window, sort of asking what was going on. I think as well, to be fair, in my discussions with the lenders, there was a state of the unknown there as well. Again, towards the start for many businesses, and indeed pretty much throughout the year, it's been all around survival, cash reserves being depleted. In, in honesty, thank thank heavens for the um, for the government backed loan schemes. To be fair, James, shudder to think what the world would have looked like without those having been brought in. And I, I suppose the, the, those interventions have been key to keep those businesses alive in some extent. But I think you rightly say there, there's the the sort of risk of what they might call zombie businesses that have uh, are trading, um, but only barely, you know, covering the cost of uh, their operation and their funding. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I read somewhere, certainly in terms of the high street banks, they've lent more money in the last 12 months than they would normally have lent in the last three years. When you look at the banks as well, though, it is worth noting that unlike the banking crisis of 2007 and 2008, thankfully, they've got high levels of capital. Not that they particularly like it, but they are well placed to absorb big losses. As I said earlier, I shudder to think what the funding landscape would have looked like if it wasn't for the government-backed loan schemes. Data that I saw the other day, uh, I do love my data, by the way, up until the 21st of March, so the scheme's closed on, on the 31st, over £75 billion have been lent over the last 12 months. Nearly £50 billion of that were bounce-back loans, where over 1.5 million businesses availed themselves of a bounce-back loan. There was an approval rate there as well of about 75%, so 75% of businesses that apply for the bounce-back loans actually was successful. The next biggest contributor was the Seabill scheme, where that was just over 23 billion. And again, just, just under 100,000 businesses were successful in applying for Seabill's loan. Slight concern there, the approval rate was, was just under 50% there. Without, without those loan schemes, I don't think we'd be uh, having such a, such a nice conversation today. And I suppose, actually, my next question relates to you know, what impact has the pandemic had had on access to funding and perhaps that's an interesting conundrum because what we've already talked about there is a lot of businesses have been funded through uh, government interventions and measures but equally I'd imagine there's still businesses there looking for other funding. Has has that access to funding 
changed at all? Has it been more protracted, more challenging, or, or, or what has the state been? That's that's a very interesting uh, question, James. It's certainly been a fluid year, an evolving marketplace. I think in terms of the more traditional lenders, I think it's fair to say that, and understandably, you know, the rule books that they will have conducted themselves by uh, traditionally have been uh, pretty much torn up and thrown out of the window. Frustrations as well. Certainly in the early days, they were concentrated on looking at re- only requests really from their existing customers as opposed to businesses looking to move to them. Thankfully, there are plenty of alternative lenders. What I mean by that, the challenger banks, the asset-based lenders, peer-to-peer lenders. Thankfully, the like of those entities have remained open for business, flexing their parameters. And, you know, we're, see, we're seeing some really good deals being done now, certainly in the challenger bank space. So, you know, let's uh, long may it continue. I suppose also in the last 12, 18 months, has the need for the funding changed in terms of, you know, we've talked there about interventions were impulsively about working capital and just keeping businesses ticking over. But has there been a change in you know, what people are asking funding for or, or is it very much business as usual? As I say, uh, said earlier, James, you know, certainly it's been around survival for a lot of businesses. So it has been the, uh, you know, the seagulls, the bounce backs loans. I think it's also worth mentioning, though, not all businesses have been adversely affected by the pandemic. So, you know, I've had umpteen requests from businesses that are, that are requiring funding to actually grow their businesses during the last 12 months who've um, seized on opportunities. At least five or six packaging businesses, um, the amount of Amazon and Hermes and the like delivery men that run around where I live, the packaging firms have been absolutely swamped and uh, you know, looking to innovate, introduce new technology. Hopefully that answers your question. I agree with you. And we've seen it as a, across our practice that a, a number of businesses are investing in, in new technology for competitiveness um, and investing in opportunities because their business model has changed. Either, you know, they've had to move online or they've changed their distribution uh, and their channels. So I think there's a lot there. Or they're investing in other things like, you know, new marketing techniques or, or practices and procedures. You know, I agree with you. There's, there's been a, a scenario where there's those looking to tick over, but also those adapt to the new order. Um, they, they responded to opportunity, you know, so particularly online activities as well. So I think that's a, a very much case in hand that we've seen across the our own client base. What what advice might you give a, a business looking for funding to to restart or to grow their business at the, in the current moment? There'll probably be a recurring theme coming throughout the, the podcast, James. Taking advice is, is absolutely key, probably more now than, than ever before. Surround yourself, uh, if you're in business, with good advisors. What I mean by good advisors is, you know, your accountant, stating the obvious. Bank managers, when I say bank managers, what I would say there is if you've actually got one, sadly, what I've experienced with a lot of the smaller SME clients, you know, they've reached out to speak to their bank and sadly have found that the traditional bank manager that they might have had a few years ago, sadly, is no longer available. Um, But also speak to a reputable um, funding advisory firm like BTG Advisory or indeed, you know, a commercial finance broker. In terms of ourselves and the brokers, you know, we'll look at the whole of the funding marketplace. The other piece of advice that I would, would advocate, you know, as a business, make sure you've got a plan, a business plan, or dare I say, even three business plans. So have a business plan that is, um, you know, worst case scenario. The second business plan is what do you expect your business to look like, and then an optimistic business plan. What do you see in your best case scenario? 
certainly um, as advisors, we'll be wanting to talk through what your plans are for your business. And then when we come to approach lenders, a large number of lenders will want to see business plans. They will want to see that you've given thought to your business. So, so again, take advice rather than necessarily the man down the pub. I think that is sound advice. And I think your, your comment about the business plan, I think, is fundamental. Understanding what your business, where your business is now and where it could go and what are the financial implications of that. Being sound and understanding, you know, in terms of what level of funding you require may not be, you know, how you fund it, because I think you've highlighted there for me, Martin, the big difference between uh, lending and funding of a business over the last 20, 30 years. There's so many variables in there, you know, you might not want to determine how you what how you're going to fund it. Leave that to the experts and the advisors out there, which you say I think you know a use of a broker is is pretty effective in that type of role, isn't it? Martin, many businesses will have benefited from and taken advantage of the financial measures as we've talked about the the Siebel's, the bounce back loans, along with the coronavirus job retention scheme. How will the receipt of such funding or will it impact on access to funding or the cost of finance? You know, what are the, the lenders' attitudes to businesses that have, have put in place or approach that have put in place funding via these measures? I mean, it, it's going to have an, uh, an impact, James. Well, at the end of the day, the, these loans are loans. They're not grants. They do need repaying. Lenders have always and will continue to always look at debt service capacity. What I mean by that is the, the business's ability to repay all finance lines that it's got in place. But lenders are going to want to see that that is, um, that is capable of being serviced uh, in terms of new lending going forward. Similarly, in terms of the cost of finance, it, it, thankfully for businesses, it is a competitive marketplace. Having said that, lenders do price their facilities to reflect the perceived uh, risk to them as a lender. What I would say as well, though, is don't dismiss the ability to look at refinancing existing borrowings. I'd strongly recommend that businesses do a review of the funding arrangements from time to time to make sure that uh, the facilities that they've got are fit for purpose, that they do provide capacity for growth and, and that they are competitively priced. In terms of pricing, I always use an example when I'm talking to, to businesses. The business has got, uh, say, a million pounds of a term loan with 10 years to run. If that business were able to source funding that was, say, 1% cheaper on the interest rate than they currently um, are paying, that will probably save in excess of £60,000 in overall repayments for the remaining life of the loan. So, as I say, don't, don't mis- dismiss looking at refinancing existing borrowings. That's, again, uh, really useful. I think you're totally right. I think taking a broad perspective on your finance, looking at what you've, you know, how you've structured it, and perhaps taking a longer-term perspective. I mean, the, the last 18 months have been exceptional. Uh, many, many businesses and organisations have probably drawn on reserves you know, it's not been a typical trading year for you know, virtually all businesses. So taking a, a fresh look at it and saying, well, let's not just take what we've got now. Could we extend the period? Could we adjust it you know, back as we go through rather than trying to keep what you've got in place or just accepting that? Uh, absolutely, James. And, and something I, I, I mean to mention under the last question as well, for those, um, what was it, 1.5? million businesses that have taken a bounce back loan, whether whether businesses have picked up on this, but the, the Chancellor um, announced towards the end of last year what's termed pay as you grow with bounce back loans. So what, what I mean by that is your lenders uh, should be contacting you as borrowers three months before you're due to start your repayments on your bounce back loans. 
and, and give you the option to extend that term up to 10 years. So watch out for that and consider uh, whether that's something as a business that uh, has taken out a bounce back loan, whether you want to avail yourself of that to, to spread your um, your cash flow, your debt service. Yeah, and again, I think that's useful because it's it not always about a, a, absorbing the whole cost or imp- financial impact in a short period of time. You know, spreading it out over a long period of time may may help you as uh, ease the situation as re- as we turn back to some normality, won't it? Absolutely. We've we talked about the the the, the, the Seabulls and the bounce backs loans. Uh, if we could now move on to say the recovery loans, which have been announced to provide help to businesses affected by the pandemic to restart. Perhaps you could tell us a bit more, more about uh, the loans, the size of the loans, what they can be used for, who they're, who, who might be eligible for one. Okay. Uh, I mean, it really is hot off the press. The recovery loan scheme was uh, only launched on uh, on Tuesday, the 6th of April. And um, obviously the C-bills, bounce back loans, etc., came to an end on the 31st of March. Key to, um, to remember on the recovery loan scheme is that it's only open until the 31st of December this year. Having said that, deadline dates under the old intervention loans uh, were extended by necessity. But at the moment, these loans are only open until the 31st of December. Administered by the British Business Bank, all the uh, underwriting, all the due diligence, all the actual lending is done by the accredited lenders. Now, at the moment, there's probably around 20 lenders that are accredited at the moment to um, provide loans under the recovery loan scheme. That number is expected to increase significantly over the next two to three weeks. There's two main types of borrowings that um, people can apply for, or sorry, businesses can apply for under the recovery loan scheme. Loans and overdrafts, these are available from between £25,000 and up to £10 million. Repayment term there is over six years. And then also for asset finance and invoice finance, those recovery loans are available for uh, between £1,000 and £10 million, but only over a three-year term. The differentiator compared to uh, the bounce backs and the seedles, though, is that there is no um, interest-free repayment holiday period. The borrower is responsible for making repayments following drawdown. So that's, that's a key point to make there. The loan schemes, there is only one. It's unlike the previous um, bounce backs, C-bills, larger C-bills, future fund, etc. There's only one uh, loan, i.e. the recovery loan. And the, the aim there is to make it as available to as many businesses as possible. Same as before, really, businesses must be viable or, or would have been viable were it not for the uh, pandemic. But interestingly as well, loans are available to support businesses with their growth plans. You can have a recovery loan scheme, for example, to do a management buyout or a management buy-in. The government will provide 80% of security to the lenders. And if the recovery loan is uh, up to £250,000, then no personal guarantees are are required. But uh, full credit assessment, full due diligence will be uh, done by the lenders. Again, coming back to an earlier point we made, James, about having a business plan, they will want to see your financials. They're undoubtedly going to want to see a business plan, management accounts, etc. So we're circling back really to the need to take um, to take good professional advice on these. Uh, just out of curiosity, will businesses who have received support under COVID-19, the guarantee loan schemes, be eligible for a recovery loan? Yeah, they, they, they will, James. Apologies, I should have mentioned that earlier. But uh, again, coming back to an earlier point, the debt service capacity, the ability to service the um, 
the intervention loans, such as the C-bills and the balance-backs loans, they will be taken into account undoubtedly by the lenders when they uh, assess the uh, affordability to repay the new recovery loan scheme. Obviously, nearly all businesses will have completed a trading year under pandemic conditions and will be filing their accounts, etc. Many will have experienced a significant decline, uh, even total loss of revenue and correspondingly profits. What impact do you feel this might have on going concern and the approach of existing lenders, as well as future ones, um, in terms of looking at the the financial reporting and the impact on uh, funding. It'd be nice to say that um, lenders would turn a blind eye to um, downturn in performance. I think it's, it's all about track record. It's about quality of management. It's about quality of the business sector, etc. But you know, understandably, lenders are likely to be more cautious. They are likely to do even more uh, of a thorough due diligence process. They will be focusing on the uh, the impacts of COVID, looking at really what measures businesses have taken during that time. Certainly the, um, the applications that I've been um, preparing for businesses over the last 12 months or so, we've always had to major on the, uh, the COVID impact. The point I would like to mention, though, is, you know, there is even more of a need now for businesses to be aware of uh, all of the options across the funding marketplace, rather than just thinking, you know, it's it's the high street, it's the traditional lenders, it's an overdraft, it's it's a loan. You know, there are a lot more options out there, but it can be daunting for businesses. So um, take advice. I think the other thing I found over the last, what during the period of the pandemic is the the financial strain on businesses and and their balance sheets that I think over the last 20 years, we've seen more business with high leverage balance sheets to fund the organisation or the business activity. Do you think the pandemic will change people's attitude to financial resilience in organisations and possibly the way they are funded? I think a lot of people are going to be reflecting and and learning lessons and um, probably have to... um, had to step up to the plate a little bit in the last 12 months. I think it's been challenging for a lot of people. Pleased to see, um, you know, the IMF predicting um, stellar growth for the UK economy. But I think in terms of how businesses fund and get funded going forward, I think it's probably time to get my crystal ball out, I would have thought, on that. The days of traditional overdrafts and loans uh, as the most common forms of funding, I think they're, they're going to be behind us. Again, along with businesses having all their eggs in one basket with one lender, I do see a bit of a um, resurgence in terms of the asset-based lenders. Those um, lenders, you know, the invoice finance firms, the, the stock funders, etc., probably been relatively quiet in the last twelve months due to the uh, the support provided by the C bills and bounce back loans. But I do see um, businesses that are looking to grow where perhaps it's more challenging to. Um, to get uh, facilities out of the banks are going to need to turn to invoice finance, um, trade finance, supply chain finance. There are also, though, um, entities out there um, such as like the Midlands Engine um, Investment Fund who, who are out, actively out there looking to support businesses who are looking to grow. There are also um, unsecured niche lenders that are, are, are actively looking to um, support businesses that are looking to grow for their working capital, for asset purchases, to assist with acquisition. So, um, you know, the funding marketplace has never been as delightful as it has now. Uh, and I do accept for, for businesses, it can be uh, daunting to navigate around it. That, that neatly runs on to my next topic discussion, which was really about the changes in access to funding 
not just the access, but also the availability. 30, 40 years ago, the, the level of funding in a business would be probably limited to own capital, some uh, an, an overdraft and perhaps some sort of loan. And, and you've talked already there about the, the variety and the plethora of funding that is available, you know, um, not just from the funding bodies, but uh, grant making bodies, you know, um, private individuals. Do you, I mean, I, I think you've highlighted also do you feel businesses are really aware of those broad options available to them? Do they? Do you think businesses still have quite a limited perspective on on what type of funding is available? I think, James. To be fair, some businesses some businesses are really clued up. They really are, and um, you know, I, I don't profess to know everything about everything, and um, that's the beauty of uh, the world we live in. You know, I'm learning from. Uh, clients and, and businesses all the time. So I think I think some businesses are. I think, sadly, the majority probably aren't. You know, there is more than one way to skin a cat these days. I think I think back to the, um, the mid-90s when I was a little bit younger than I am now, but um, was, uh, was made a bank manager for the first time. Literally everything that we did revolved around, you know, what's your factory worth? What's your house worth? Can I have a personal guarantee? And the world's moved on, thankfully. It's a lot more sophisticated in terms of the, uh, the funding solutions that are out there. I am like a stuck record, but if I was in business myself, the one thing I would do is surround myself with good professional advisors. One thing, I mean, we've talked about, um, not in this discussion, but separately, and I think it'd be good to bring it to people's attention, was the role of, um, of tax advice and tax planning in helping fund a business. You know, there, there are incentives out there to help business. Uh, there's things like the super deduction or even things like capital ounces, which are often overlooked, which can help fund a business. Do you think, you know, the, the, the businesses you work with are taking enough advantage of that tax advice or tax planning to help, you know, leverage funding or, or put extra capital or, or just reduce the demands on the, the, the funding in the business? Well, I'm not an accountant, James, so um, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll put the health wording on, on, on the bottom of this. The amount of um, posts I see on the likes of LinkedIn and, and emails that I'm getting out from um, certainly the asset finance lenders in terms of the super deduction tax incentive suggests to me that, that businesses are. However, when you, when you think back to the likes of LinkedIn, it is effectively a, a you know professionals networking community in the main. Is it really touching um, businesses direct? I think it's incumbent on um, certainly on tax advisors and accountants to make make businesses aware. Certainly, uh, you know as was announced in the budget, the super deduction tax incentive for, for plant and machinery purchases, uh, capital allowances is phenomenal, um, and it would be uh, you know for businesses is planning to. Um, to make these purchases, then then now would seem to be the time. There are other things out there. We you know we talk about tax as well, and um, certainly something that um, you know is available to clients as well. Is if if you if you are under pressure to fund your your, your corporation tax, your self assessment tax, your VAT going forward, there are lenders out there that will provide tax funding solutions if if you're not. Um, sort of time to pay or you can't get a time to pay so it's a it's a maze out there but there are people out there who are, are skilled and tooled up to help businesses through it i think yeah, obviously as a firm of chartered accountants and tax advisors we'd highly recommend that people take greater consideration over tax uh, implications and planning you know i think we, we often find that things like r&d tax credits are overlooked taking a, a fresh look at your tax planning in relation to 
how your business is financed and structured, I think, alongside someone like yourself, I think is a really useful exercise. So, yeah, uh, appreciate you, you're good at what you do and uh, our tax guys are good at what they do. They do. So it's about working together and getting, I think you've talked earlier about the need for a business to access broad advice and I think that, that and the right advice. So uh, thank you. I think it's a really sound point. Um, just moving on, you know, you had a long and extensive career in banking and you now act as a banking and finance consultant. Perhaps you could tell us more about what that means, what you do and how you support SMEs. 31 years um, I spent working in the um, in the banking industry uh, as a relationship manager, a bank manager to literally thousands of businesses. Loved the job, loved meeting businesses, always tried to be the sort of bank manager that I would have wanted had I been in business myself. Left banking in 2013 and um, seven years headed up a banking and finance division for one of the top 10 UK accountancy firms. I always say to people, I learned more in those seven years than I did in the first 31 years. Perfect time enabled me to forge deep relationships with a, with a, with a significant number of lenders and cater for all types of funding. Fast forwarding um, into recent times, I'm now using my experience within um, BTG Advisory. What I do there, provide funding arrangements and solutions for businesses. Businesses can either approach me or one of my colleagues directly, or uh, as is the case with Streets, by working with proactive accountancy firms who recognise the value that uh, that I can bring to their clients. T- terms terms of my approach, try and keep it simple, but um, fundamentally it's to fully understand the business, work with the business owner, try and deliver the most appropriate funding solutions, whether that's working with you know, the incumbent lenders that the business might have or or suggesting and arranging alternatives. It Go, goes a little bit beyond funding as well. I'll also look at things um, like the business's foreign exchange strategy, some, some significant risks um, in terms of um, trading internationally if, if the business were to get it wrong, and then get into things that, um, that also impact around business performance, looking at the covenants that lenders might have in place. Um, Covenants typically are put in by lenders to protect the lender. On occasions, they can actually hamper the uh, the growth of the business. I'll look at security that that um, a business may or may not have given to a lender. And then recently, um, on the back of uh, the stellar efforts that the, the high street banks were doing on the, um, the seagulls and the bounce loans, one thing they weren't doing though was was opening new business bank accounts for businesses starting up. So again. At the moment, I'm, I'm even arranging bank accounts for um, for new businesses. So um, I think that's um, pretty much a bit of a summary as to as to what I do. But you know, my doors always open. My email box is always there, and um, don't be shy of making contact if anybody wants to. Adding to that, I think your point about uh, we've talked quite a lot about in this podcast and session about uh, looking for funding when you need funding, and I think sometimes a lot of organisations don't take a, a a strategic planned look at their finance structure when they don't necessarily need funding. You no, know, it's sometimes it's a good to review it on a, a, a reasonably regular basis to say, have we got the best funding in place when you're not in adverse situation or under pressure to get that funding? A um, number of organisations I'm involved in, that's something we do as a, a matter of course, is actually to look at the, the funding structure. And imagine that it gives you more control and less pressure um, but it's amazing how by doing that, you can see, well, actually, you know, with your guidance and advice from people like yourself, that you could add something to it. And you say, well, if you do it this way, you might find the cost of the money is less or actually you've repaid that. So your gearing's coming down, you know, all those sort of things that 
we tend not to do when things are good, but may actually help us more. Is yeah, that right? I mean, it's you know, it's, it's it's a financial or a funding health check, isn't it? Certainly, commercial brokers would love to speak to to um, to businesses just for a, for a sanity check, for a health check. How comforting can it be to, as a business owner where you, you speak to a professional who knows the marketplace that says to you, you know what, actually, you've got a good deal there, and 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 you know that that must make people feel good. Exact examples I use though, and and, and have done. Um, Certainly in the last 10 years, every business owner, every business's aspirations is different. But again, traditionally, people borrowing on commercial mortgages, it was always you've got to repay them over a 10, 15, 20 year term. That might be appropriate for some businesses, but but not for others. There are lenders out there that, um, that I can access now that will do interest only commercial mortgages for up to 25 years. So rather than... Um, Using all your your rental income or your profits to pay down debt, you might decide to uh, to use them in other areas to you know enhance your working capital to grow your business or dare I say even to um, to have a bit of um, disposable income for the business owner. So there's 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 lo- there's loads of things to be looked at, James. Not just about necessarily saving price. Is it is it the correct funding? Does it does it work for the business now? Will it work for the business going forward? Thank you, Martin, for joining us for this session and providing some great insight into funding in light of the pandemic and the options and, and, and opportunities available to businesses looking at uh, both their finance now but in the future. If you have any specific concerns or questions having listened to this podcast, you can contact Martin Shakespeare on email mshakespeare at btgadvisory.com or You can visit or email info at streetsweb.co.uk or visit our website streetsweb.co.uk. Thank you also to you for listening. We look forward to catching up with you again in future sessions.